Well, good morning. A very warm welcome to our service of worship. It's great to be back with you this week after a short break, and uh, which was very, uh, very good. And uh, so um, this morning as we come to worship God, may you know God's loving presence with you. And uh, the today I'm, I'm pleased to, to welcome uh, the Reverend David Clark. Uh, I'll be saying a little bit more about him just uh, in by introduction a little bit later, but he will be uh, preaching a little bit later on. And uh, we look forward to that as well. So let's uh, uh, come to worship God as we listen first to uh, the words of Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So let's worship God as we stand to sing our first hymn, All Things Bright and Beautiful, Mission Praise 23.
Let's pray together. Loving Lord God, we thank you that you, our creator, have made all things well and that you have made each one of us and you have made us for yourself. And Lord, we thank you that you draw us this morning to worship together, to know your loving presence among us. And Lord, as we come, we are conscious of our our great need of your provision for us in our lives. And we thank you that you do give us our daily needs. And Lord, whatever burdens we may be carrying today, we ask that you would help us now to leave these with you, knowing that you are not only our creator, but our redeemer and our heavenly father. Lord, we ask that you would help us to know that care that you have for us, to know that all enveloping love that you have for us. And we thank you, Lord, for the gift of your son, Jesus, who came into this world to come to save us from our sins and to invite us to be members of your family. And Lord, we thank you that we can come as your family this morning, that we can gather here and knowing that we are part of something much greater throughout this world, Lord, that we are part of your worldwide body. And Lord, we thank you that you meet with us by your Spirit. And we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us for any thoughts or words or actions that have not been pleasing in your sight. We thank you for the forgiveness we receive through Jesus and ask now for the cleansing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask as we come to your word, we ask that you would anoint that word with your power, that we may hear it in our hearts and our minds, and that you may strengthen us this day, that we may go from this place knowing that we have met with you. And Lord, we ask that uh, in our time together, you would bless us with that sense of your presence and your love. And we thank you, Lord, that you call us to be your servants. And we ask that you would equip us to do this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever. Amen. Well, today we are um, thinking about a particular person, and it wasn't someone that was very happy, like these uh, this happy face here. Um, it wasn't someone with a, a sad face like we have here. Maybe I could have this slide up. It was actually the third face, someone with a very angry face, uh, like, like the one on the, on the uh, right-hand side of your screen there. And our story today is about someone who was angry and really didn't like Jesus and didn't like people who followed Jesus. Now, you might think that, well, Jesus wouldn't want to have anything to do with him, 
But the good thing is that Jesus did want to have something to do with him, even if he was a bit angry. And today we're going to be thinking a little bit, just this, this part of the service, about how God comes to us all, however we are. And our story is about Paul, who was not at this point a follower of Jesus. He did not know Jesus, and he hated Jesus, in fact. But God was with Paul all the same. Paul was on his way to Damascus, a big town where lots of um, friends of Jesus lived. And he thought, I'll get rid of them. I'll put them in prison and stop them talking about Jesus. But God had different plans. He wanted Paul to be a friend, um, just the same, even though he was quite angry. And so off marched Paul and some other men to try and arrest the followers of Jesus, the friends of Jesus. But suddenly a bright light flashed around them and Paul fell to the ground and he heard a voice that said, Paul, why are you trying to hurt me? And it was Jesus. Go on to Damascus, Jesus said, and there you'll find out what next to do. Well, after that, Paul was different. He'd met with Jesus. And now he didn't hate Jesus. He loved him. And he didn't want to get rid of Jesus' friends anymore. He wanted to be a friend of Jesus too. And even when Paul hated Jesus, God was with him wanting to be his friend. And that's wonderful to um, recognize that God wants to be with us um, to be friends with us, however we are, whether we're happy, sad, angry, or whether we're feeling something else. So let's, uh, let's pray and, and just thank God for uh, his amazing love for us all. We thank you, Lord God, that you want to be with us, however we are, however we are feeling. And we thank you, Lord, that you um, want to be with those we know, who perhaps are sad or angry for some reason. We ask that you would help us to understand and know what is best for us, for all the plans that you have for us. Help us to find out what that plan is and to be your friends. And we thank you, Lord, that we can also bring before you the people we know who don't know you yet, but who you want to be friends with you as well. So, Lord, we thank you for your love for us this day, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing again, and we're going to sing One More Step Along the World I Go. And you might want to clap, it's quite upbeat, this version. So. <laughs>
Well, as I mentioned briefly earlier, I'm very pleased um, to welcome this Sunday the Reverend David Clark, um, who is a retired minister who was formerly the minister at the Steeple Church in Dundee, um, which is where I served as probationer minister from 2005 to 6. And um, if you've got good memory, four years back, uh, David actually uh, preached me in on my first full Sunday uh, here. Um, as, as minister four years ago, and uh, David is uh, the co-author of a book, Landscapes of Grace, and he's um, going to say something about that, but also um, he's going to explain how that relates to the Psalms and uh, the Scottish landscapes. I'd just like to invite uh, David to say a few words now. Thank you, David. It's a privilege to um, share in worship with you. Um, this morning, so thank you that I'm delighted to be here again. And as Gavin said, it's four years ago since I was um, here, and what a demanding four years it has been for the church in so many ways. I mean, in terms of not just COVID, but the readjustments that are happening throughout the country, it's not been an easy time. It is around the, the pandemic that um, this book originates because um, the pandemic started in, what, 2019, and um, fine, I live in Fife, I like cycling, so every day in um, April, and it was a good April 2019, or 2020, sorry, it was a good, good April, the sun was out, and, and um, it was just fantastic, and then I got bored cycling, and I made that prayer that's a dangerous prayer, you know, God, what do you want me to do? Beware when you pray that. Um, here I am. What do you want me to do? This pandemic pandemic's going to go on for some time. And, um, you know, where do I fit in with the time and energy I've got? And I started to read the Psalms very carefully at the beginning of May, exactly two years ago, every Psalm. And I quickly became... Um, caught up in how the poet, the psalm writer, uses pictures um, to help us understand God and ourselves. And he uses um, the sky and the sea and mountains and hills and rivers and valleys and crags. These kind of pictures are all there within the psalms. And I love Scotland. And I love the Scottish Highlands and Islands. And I kept seeing these pictures in the context of the Highlands and the Islands. And I wondered to what extent one could write about the Psalms, um, revisualizing these pictures that he writes about in the past, in the context of Scotland, still hearing the unchanging truths. For we have mountains and hills and valleys. We have the sea and the sky. We have crags. And the beauty of all of that ever-changing because we're on the edge of the Atlantic and the weather's ever-changing. And we have a most beautiful country. And I began to write and wrote also about the people who initially received the gospel in the Highlands because it wasn't the Bible that came to them first. It was the Gallic Psalms came to them. And, of course, they sang them in Gaelic, I to the hills, 
and, and all these words which speak of landscape and seascape and um, were so much part of the spiritual formation of God's people there. So I had to connect with that and yet also to realize that um, what these Psalms are saying are for me and for you today. And, and so exactly three days ago, it was published, the book, <laughs> two years on. Um, it's not technically published till next Friday, which is um, very interesting because Cardonald can get a copy if you wanted one um, before the official launch in St. Leonard's Church in St. Andrews. And it's called Landscapes of Grace. It's God's grace we see all around us if we really look um, at the mountains and the rivers. And I did this with my former session clerk because um, Katie has written at the end of every chapter, she has written um, a prayer in poetic language in response to my writing about a chapter on a valley or a chapter on about the sea or whatever. Um, and Katie writes that beautiful response, as well as a picture of a different place in Scotland that for me um, speaks of the particular um, visual image. I feel embarrassed because I'm not a salesperson. I'm not out really for money or whatever. But I am committed to the book because I actually think God prompted it in me and Katie to be an encouragement and a help and a challenge even to many people. And that's why I'm bold enough to you know, come to a church and speak about it. And I do have copies uh, with me. Um, and I won't tell anyone back in the east of Scotland that there are copies let loose um, already before Friday. Thank you. I've rambled on far too much. I'll be more kind of precise with my preaching shortly. The Bible reading, and it's going to be Psalm 62, which I will refer to. Thank you. Our Old Testament lesson is to be found in the book of Psalms. Psalm 62 and reading the first eight verses. Psalm 62 and at verse 1. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress I shall never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. 
Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Our New Testament lesson is from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10 and reading from verse 19 to verse 23. Hebrews 10 and at verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. Thanks be to God. We continue our worship in the singing of Mission Praise number 1008. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. my shepherd I'm not want he makes me
This morning, let me take you to the northwest of Scotland, first of all, um, to um, a small place called Acheltibui. Acheltibui is, I suppose the nearest town would be Alapool, um, which is the ferry port to um, the Outer Isles, to Lewis and to Harris. The difficulty is, travelling from Alapool to Acheltibui is a very roundabout way. Um, there is a great muckle rock, um, a mountain, but it is all rock that just stands in the way. And um, you actually have to loop round that. It's 24 miles round that. And a lot of it is um, single track road. It's a slow journey to Acheltibui. You, you cannot go there as the crow flies. The first believers in Acheltibui didn't have a church. And in the 18th century, um, when they went to church, it was slightly beyond Alapool. And they were able to take um, a route that was more or less direct, not over this big lump um, of a rock, this mighty rock um, that is known as Benmore Coigach. Um, they took a path that hugged the rock, um, was close to the rock, and they walked to church. Never grumble if you have to walk to church. <laughs> Their walk was many miles, um, and maybe some of you did walk to church this morning, some of you came by bus or by car, but it was a long journey. But they would say to each other, um, if they were going to church on Sunday, we're taking the rock, that path that hugged this, this great mountain of rock, Benmore Coigach. And it's interesting that whole area is, is, is dotted and scattered by rock fists, um, Stack Polly, Sulvan, Canisp, um, Arco. And of course, Ben Morkoigach. It's unique for that. They just seem to um, thrust up from the earth's surface um, these mighty um, rocks that dot about the northwest um, of Scotland. Her psalm refers to God as a mighty rock. Um, and it's more than once referring to God as, as rock and mighty rock. And of course, we know um, that isn't literal. It, it's a picture of God who is all-powerful, everlasting, and unchanging. Uh, the poet, the writer David, is giving us that picture of a mighty God, all-powerful, everlasting, and unchanging. And um, it's that kind of picture that he, he works with in Psalm 62, that beautiful picture. Uh, back to the northwest of Scotland, one writer, um, a geologist, 
speaks of the rocks up there being, um, they have existed since the beginning of time. They are the oldest rocks in Europe, in the northwest of Scotland. And it's amazing to think that Benmore, Coigach and Sylvan and Stack Polly um, have been battered by Atlantic storms for eons of time, have been rubbed by glaciers and shaken by earthquakes, and yet, and yet, they still stand firm. For God is a mighty rock, all-powerful, unchanging, and everlasting. David's got a problem in the psalm, and so often that is the case. So often there is a difficult situation that he's coping with, struggling with in his life. The wonderful thing about the Psalms is, of course, we never get much detail about that. We're always invited to write our own situation into the Psalms, our own struggles, our own difficulties. Um, But David in verse 3 describes how he feels um, as he struggles with a problem with a threat to his life, of which we're not completely clear about. And he says, I'm like um, a leaning wall. Um, uh, It doesn't say shugly, but we would use a shugly fence, a wobbly fence. He says, that's what I'm like, a a leaning wall, a a shugly fence. I'm about to be crashing down to the ground, brought down. And we actually don't know what has caused this at all, but he's just been absolutely honest to God. And every one of us in here um, knows what it means to be a leading wall um, and a wobbly, shugly fence at times. Um, We've known the times when Maybe it's been in relationships, it's been around that, and we are just overwhelmed and we're about to be brought down. Maybe it's health, a situation of health um, that so, again, overwhelms us. Um, Maybe it's finance, maybe it's, well, there's so many things it could be, but that's me. I'm that fence, I'm that wall. I feel as if I'm not able to stand much longer. And the whole thrust of the psalm is so simple because David never takes us far from the simple truth, take the rock. Well, he puts it slightly different. He says, trust in God. Trust in the mighty rock with your life in these moments And every moment, take the rock, hug the rock, in a sense, um, who is mighty God, all-powerful, everlasting, unchanging. Our problem is so often we downsize God. (laughs) Um, And we just, would God be concerned about my situation and why I'm feeling this way, and why I'm that kind of wall and that kind of fence. Of course God is. 
We must never downsize. The mighty God, all-powerful maker, creator of heaven and earth. And David says, trust in him. Um, Take him, embrace him into your situation, whatever that might be. I want to also travel in Scotland um, to Perthshire this morning because I feel that's just part of the message. And I want to go to um, Loch Rannach. Um, Loch Rannach is quite close to Loch Tummel, isn't it? Loch Tummel, Loch Rannach. And the far end of Loch Rannach, there's a place called Bridge of Gower, and there's a wee road that leads to Rannach Station. Now, Rannach Station's on the line from Glasgow to uh, Fort William and on to Oban. But it's on the moor, Rannach Moor. It's also where the best coffee shop is in all of Perthshire. Rannach Station. I've never had cake like that. I know it's a dead end, the five miles up that road, but I'm telling you, when you get a slice of the cake they make and bake in the Rannach Station Cafe, you will never forget it. It's the best cafe in Perthshire. However, my story is not about um, the railway, nor is it about the cafe. I read, um, and it's not widely known, but I read about a rock. We're still on that theme. I read about a rock um, that was at the roadside about two miles from Rannoch Station. And um, it had been called Clachreed, the heart rock or heart stone. And once upon a time, it, it was quite prominent. It was on a high place in Rannoch Moor. And particularly with the drovers, bringing cattle and sheep um, from the Isles. Um, they came a road that crossed diagonally, the road now, on their way to Falkirk. And Rannoch Moor's a bleak place. No, it's wet, it's misty, and there was this rock. It was a sign of security and safety. And having a moment of rest before they continued to travel on the journey. And um, Clach Creed, Heart Stone, Heart Rock. It may even be, and I've never actually worked out if it's at the very heart of Scotland at that point, but it could well be Rannoch Moor, the highest point in Rannoch Moor. However, what happened was, with the railway, um, they, they needed to build a road up from Loch Rannoch and... Um, Clackreed, the ro- the, this rock was in the way of the road. And um, it was awkward, it was a problem. And they broke it, they split it. And um, what was known was they certainly shoved one large chunk to the side of the road so that the road could progress easily and onward. And friends, I began to see that as a picture of our mighty God. Our mighty God who is all-powerful, eternal and everlasting, unchanging. But in some ways that's quite a distant God 
We might even feel fearful of that kind of God. But when you think of that story of Clachrid, the heart rock, we begin to see a picture of how God, God has actually come to us, the mighty rock. And what an awkward, what an awkward person he has come as, his son Jesus. And how so many people really don't want Jesus, because Jesus demands action in our life and change in our life. And, and, and we want him away, just like the Romans, just like the religious people 2,000 years ago. We want him away, broken on a cross. And that's what we did with him, abandoning God who has come to us. You know that stone? That stone was known as the heartbroken stone, as it was broken, the heartbroken rock, the heartbroken God in dying for us in his son to show his love for each of us. And so friends, in taking the rock, it's coming, it's coming to him, it's coming to Jesus. Um, that broken rock still stands at the roadside of every person's life. It, it's actually coming to him. Geologists would say, you must never just stand and look at a rock. You must go right up close and feel it and look at its beauty and see what the texture is like and the colors and the crystals. Taking the rock that is Jesus, coming close to him in faith, is actually saying, yes, God is almighty, everlasting, unchanging, but God is also loving and gracious and forgiving and full of grace and was willing to die for us, a broken rock still at the roadside for every person today. And one of the miracles, one of the miracles as we come close to mighty rock who is Jesus, um, as, as we hug this rock, what rubs into our life and changes us is that compassion and is that forgiveness? And is that mercy? And we find that we go out into a new week, a new day, and we live the Lord Jesus Christ. We live what the mighty rock is like in our community and within our families. So may you be encouraged <laughs> to take the rock and to live um, that heartbroken God for the sake of other people um, as you live this week and to be the roadside broken rock for so many people. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we, we thank you for um, such a remarkable and powerful um, salvation that we, we still 
are learning about its, its all of grace, our undeserved love poured upon us. And as your people this morning, we, we, we will leave this place with joy at what you have done for us. But we want to pray also this morning, God, because, because wherever we look, there are those who, who know what it is to be a leaning wall and a toppling fence. We, we see that. We see that on the TV screen. We see Ukraine. And we see the broken um, homes and the broken lives and pre- people that have been brought low and I know exactly what it is to be that leaning wall and toppling fence. That's where they are. And so our cry to you, mighty God, is for an end to that war and for justice and for your presence to be close beside um, believers and Christians in that land. And we pray also, God, we pray personally for other people we know, maybe people in our family, maybe a neighbor, a friend, a leaning wall, a toppling fence. And, and yes, the message seems so simple, trust in the living God, but it's the message scripture gives to us this morning, to come to him in your need and help us to demonstrate that, that love to others, Heavenly Father, and to know in ourselves that you are the fortress, the refuge, and that your presence can be known by every person, as Gavin said earlier, every person, even those that are angry, every person can know the mighty God who has Jesus broken for us. And God, I also pray this morning for our church in Scotland because it often feels like a leaning wall and a toppling fence these days when we look around. And so our prayer to you, God, is revive our church. Lead people to the Savior to know the salvation and the hope within it that is everlasting. Father, hear these prayers in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So we sing um, to finish a great hymn, um, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, which is number 201.
peace of God, which is way beyond our utmost understanding. Keep guard over your hearts and thoughts in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you forever. Amen.